Greetings, everyone. You're listening to KORS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1, 92.3 FM. And you're listening to Art Hour. I'm your host, Mike Malsom, and our other host here is Mr. Eric Woodard. And uh, Eric, who do we have for our guest today? Well, we're getting some sound in the studio. Do you hear that little... Uh, do you hear that? I, I do. I'm trying to figure out why that's still on. It shouldn't be on. Huh. Well, that's weird. We might get a little background music at this point. I don't know. But uh, I am Eric Woodard, and we're here with Anna Smith mm-hmm. and Sid Althumali. Not Althumani. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> um, and you are doing a... Uh, well, actually, did you do KYRS? I did. Sorry, I'm a little thrown yeah. off here by all this sound in the background. Uh, you are doing a show at the Baby Bar tomorrow night. A play, right? That's correct. Uh, which anybody who's been to the Baby Bar probably is saying, how is that going to work? Why the Baby Bar when it's so small? Um so if you could just kind of give us a background about what in the heck we're even talking about. Yeah. Um, so a couple months back in February, I directed a show called Dog Sees God at Gonzaga University. And uh, a lot of the visual uh, inspiration for the show uh, came from the baby bar, uh, from their open mic nights that they do. Um, I really enjoyed it. The open the open mic experience was really interesting because of the youth that really c- come there and were exposing themselves like with poetry and stuff like that, and so I wanted to capture that feeling for the uh, the show for Doxy's God. Um, we did a lot of promotional stuff uh, with pictures and with the cast and some of the crew were there to help as well. Uh, that's how I met Patty, and uh, once Doxy's God was was done, I wasn't really sure what to do next. <laughs> so I went to my professor, who's now the chair of the uh, theater department at Gonzaga, Charles Pepitone, and I basically just asked him, hey, um, can I propose a show for next season, even though I'm graduating? And you know, he flat out said no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he encouraged me to do shows, like, like just go out there, and I've had con- I have connections with playwrights and some poets, and he said, make a play and put it up somewhere. And I knew immediately at the moment I wanted to do at, at something at the Baby Bar because it was such a cool place. Um, I really like the Baby Bar specifically because it's so like it, it, it traps you in there. When you're with all these people and stuff like that, you really have no place to like go and f- confront like what fears you the most. <laughs> and that's kind of the uh, objective of like the project. Uh, of what I wanted to do at the baby bar, which is facing our greatest fear, which is forgiveness. And um, from there, I had met with a few poets who, they, they had some really cool ideas about family and like being distanced from your family, even though you live in the same like house. It's, it, it's really, it, it's, it, it's weird kind of like saying it, but like I kind of knew what they meant when they said that. So originally we were going to collaborate with some poets, but, uh, you know, life happens and they d- it didn't really fall through as planned. And so I'm like, all right, but I really want to do a show here. Like, who else can I talk to? And then I remembered Art, who wrote Reflection. It's uh, a show that was nominated for the uh, K- Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival's playwright 
award back like two years ago in their festival and i really enjoyed that show even though I, from what i remember it didn't really review well for some of the adjudicators because the format there is like a, a stage reading and there's a lot of pauses in the show so uh, they had to read those pauses out loud and even sitting there i was like man this sh they're not really doing justice to this show i i can see like the beauty from this show and it kind of tackles like what we were originally going to do for the show in the first place so i hit up art art at the time was kind of kind of needed people to produce his work because he's a, a new playwright as well uh for him to get into a master's mm -hmm. pro master's program he's in a master's program now like, <laughs> like uh that was beforehand but you know me him being my best friend and like a brother like he just like go ahead and do it i trust you and so that's how reflection uh came through uh reflection itself the play it's about a mother and a son trying to reconnect uh 10 years after a uh, terrible divorce they lived in the same house with each other they've never really confronted what was bothering them uh like for a long time uh the degree of separation that they face is so like there's such a huge strain in their relationship that they go to these therapists who inhibit the demeanor of the characters uh, we kind of took it a little bit step further and like we kind of like made the therapist like mental cognitions of each character uh, as if like, you know, when you're having a when you want to confront somebody and you kind of have the conversation in your head with them to like better prepare you <laughs> of like uh, how to face them. That's kind of how I imagine the therapist in the show. Um, they go, they're kind of like separate in each corner and then there's two scenes where they meet in the middle and try to uh, amend those relationships. And what's really cool about Art's writing is he doesn't write happy endings for his plays because uh, from an interview, I believe he said, uh, it takes a long time to get to a happily ever after. And so while it might seem like there might be some sort of re resolution, like it, there really isn't. <laughs> Like it's gonna take a long time for this relationship to mend, but kind of like a it, it, the metaphor, the other like image that we're kind of using for the show is like a finger trap, a Chinese finger trap. Mm. Uh, the further you pull away, mm -hmm. like you kind of both have the same goal, you want to get out, but you're kind of going the opposite direction. It's all about coming, meeting in the middle, and I think meeting in the middle here means they have to forgive each other, like both internally and. To, towards each other mm -hmm. um so that's the show <laughs> yeah, yeah so uh what were some of the challenges do you think i know um you know anna's um part of this in terms of the set so just the physical space um you know how how are you going about setting up for this yeah that's a really interesting question that we <laughs> <laughs> um so so far this show like you know knock on wood like there's hasn't really been any like huge problems mm -hmm. um We've kind of had our design meetings uh, via Facebook chat uh, throughout the process. Um, we haven't really gone into the space until like a couple weeks ago. Um, the only issue that we really had was auditions and like getting the word forward. Eventually we found actors, but it was kind of a, hey, can you like be a part of the show <laughs> more than because like, I actually held the auditions, but no one evidently showed up <laughs> and so that was like the trick is like okay so we don't have actors like how are we going to do this show that we've been planning <laughs> so what did you do uh so yeah basically we just like contacted people that I, like i knew personally kind of going back to those uh connections that i had and um like yeah now we have a cast there's jacob caruthers who was just recently in uh, spring awakening 
the musical that was at the Spokane Civic Theater. Uh, we also have Adam Pesh, who uh, is another student at Gonzaga University, a senior. And he was just recently, last year, in Mother Courage and Her Children, directed by Kathleen Jeffs, which I was the assistant director for that show. And we have two newcomers to the theatrical scene. One is uh, Sophie Holmes. Uh, she's a poet. She's never really done any theater stuff before, but um, I always found that poets have a, a theatrical sense to them. It's just about like unlocking like mm -hmm. that potential inside. And then the real wild card was Misty Davis, <laughs> mm -hmm. who's never done theater either, but she's doing really great given the circumstances that I've been throwing her in. <laughs> We've had rehearsal like four times th like throughout this whole month. And I've just basically told her, yeah, you're doing a really good job. And now I'm just throwing her into the lion's den and just see, see what happens. <laughs> and Anna, what's your role in the play? So I um, both am doing, so I'm both doing uh, costume design and I also designed the poster for the show. Um, so one struggle that I've had definitely is the budget because it's a very low budget show. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of has changed like the design process um, so if I had a budget and it was a normal show, I would come up with specific costumes that I wanted for each actor, um, and then go out and try and buy those or, um, get those specific items. Um, but for this show, it's more of like, I've been exploring kind of just the general idea of what I want it to look like altogether. Um, and then going to the actors and getting stuff from them and just kind of like pulling in from anywhere we can, whether it's my closet or their closet or just really, really cheap at Goodwill. So this is real guerrilla style then. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. For sure. Exactly. So what's your background in costume design? So I've only done costume design for like one other show, but I've worked with costumes since like six years ago, my sophomore year of high school. Um, I worked in a costume shop all throughout high school. And then um, when I came to college, I actually didn't plan to do theater at all. Um, and I saw like an on-campus work-study position for a costume shop and I decided, well, you know, like I have experience with that. Why not just apply? It sounds fun. Um, and then I just fell in love with it even more. And I decided to pick up um, an interdisciplinary arts minor as well. Mm. Um, so I've been doing that in my free time. Um, it's been great. In your yeah. free time when you're not doing your computer programming degree. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> which also takes up a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, that's an interesting combo. It is, yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah, and what's your background in theater? Yeah, um, I've been, well, I just recently graduated from Gonzaga University. I'm a theater arts major. Um, I just recently, honestly, got into theater about six years ago. I mean, there's a lot of people who have been doing it for as long as I have or maybe even more, but I, when I was living in Saudi Arabia, I was never really exposed to theater. There, there wasn't really any like theater community or at least not one that I knew. And high school for sure didn't really have any like theater program or arts program. <laughs> like they didn't have one in high school specifically, which was kind of a bummer. They really just, uh, the government school there really just taught you in math and memorizing and religion and all that. So when I came to Gonzaga, originally I wanted to be either a, a journalist or an English uh, English major or both. And it was like, it, it was really just an acting class that really got me into like the whole theatrical world. Uh, it was taught by Kathleen Jeffs, who was at who was the chair at the time. And even then when I got my theater, like when I decided, okay, I'm going to be a theater major. I wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do with that. 
it's took me a couple of years to actually figure mm-hmm. out like in trial and error trying to do everything that's available in a, the theater department all the positions and it wasn't until really last year when i decided yeah i'm gonna do a play for my senior project the senior project or the senior capstone is uh something that gonzaga does that's really interesting which uh basically you can do whatever you want like that's within the theater realm uh we've had people who done shows that were like uh, events like little snippets of like different things uh clint bull who is our assistant director and lighting designer for this uh, reflection is also lighting design li- lighting designer for romeo and juliet at gonzaga university and that's going to be his senior project and so <clears throat> the scene what that is it's basically just taking all you've learned throughout your four or five years at gonzaga and uh putting it into something that you really want to do and so i wanted to direct dogsy's god which and I also designed the posters mm-hmm. and did the costume designs for that. That was the one show that she did. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that show uh, really got to me during uh, a moment in time where I needed to hear those words. It was about <clears throat> depression and um, identity. Uh, the, the play is about basically, it's a parody of the Peanuts gang as teenagers, <laughs> oh. but it's like very dark. If you've ever seen like uh, Riverdale or something like that, it's kind of, in that same realm like a lot of the mm-hmm. aesthetic design for the show is like all right you see riverdale right here what they're doing <laughs> let's put it on stage um but no and that show is <clears throat> very successful uh from what i've been told um we've also we've got recognized by the kennedy center uh, i got uh, a certificate of merit in uh directing for that show and the the main actor carson stoll uh, got a certificate of merit in acting and he also got a later department award for acting in that show as well and so that show was really successful and it really just brought out what i want to do with theater and specifically this show reflection is under my new theater company the traveling theater company for wayward artists it's more of a trope like a theater trope like it's like because i don't have money to buy an llc <laughs> at the moment so I call it a trope right now. And uh, we're really just focusing on plays that are about the, you know, human condition and how we make connections with other people. Uh, Reflection is a good example of that. It's about a mother and son trying to, like not only trying to amend their relationship, but like really just uh, learning or facing forgiveness, which they've lacked like towards themselves and like towards each other. Um, I'm hoping to like, also explore other plays that kind of fall into that realm as well there's a lot that could be done or that can fit into that category um but yeah uh that's where i am with theater i've done a few community theater stuff i act too i was just recently in the uh one of the first shows one of the first like theatrical shows at the myrtle wilson uh, performing arts center that was that was a lot of fun that was uh, very big and i was glad to do that one last time before i graduated because it's a really nice building if you've been to it i, I was super jealous <laughs> that like we can i couldn't do more in there but I'm, I'm glad that i got to do that one last show but uh i'm mostly just focusing on directing so yeah. whatever our assistant directing so whenever that opportunity arises I, i'll take that rather than just doing acting and there's a benefit to doing acting too it helps me kind of understand as a director what actors need from me through like my bad like good or bad experiences with acting 
if there's a director doing something that I don't like and I'm like, hmm, I don't like this as an actor. I'm not going to make my actors do this, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my background in theater. So when you talk yeah. about a theater troupe, what do you, I mean, what is, have you done something before? No. Okay. So you're just starting this. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Uh, to have this group together. What did you call it? Traveling? The Traveling Theater Company okay, for well, Wayward Artists. What is that? What is that? Is it? I mean, it's some sort of collective, right? Mm-hmm. So what is what is what would it mean to form that group? Yeah. Um, so at the head of the found like the troupe is me uh, getting all the like the connections and the people that I know together and like doing shows and stuff like that. The name of the uh, trope comes from uh, like I, I kind of divide it into two things. The Traveling Theater Company. Uh, we have a heavy emphasis on like found space theater like with reflection and doing it at other places too i've been looking at places like the bartlett and uh um, just now i got accepted in doing a show at terrain, terrain oh, right 12. No. yeah oh good for you yeah, congratulations just, thank you yeah that things was, are looking up for you you're yeah. in the inlander today you're in yeah. terrain that's a big deal I'm doing something right right, <laughs> on, right on. that's cool yeah but uh there's a really heavy emphasis on doing theater and found spaces with the traveling and doing it in other states hopefully Mm -hmm. if uh, we get the funding for that um and then wayward artists comes from work working and collaborating with people who've never necessarily been have never done theater before or uh have fallen out of theater for a long time and they want to get back into it uh so it's just those two things and i know a lot of cool people Uh, what i like to do is kind of experience art and go look at like museums and you know talk to people that's what i'm really good at apparently (laughs) and uh just getting to know them and like really truly admiring their art and like hey i want to put this like in a play your art in a play or collaborate in some way so that's kind of how it's divided um the group we have now like won't always necessarily be the same like i'm always imagining it's something that's rotating and that's the other part of the traveling part (laughs) of it like artists will come and go and actors will come and go uh i don't foresee us having like a like a giant building although the end game for this company would or end game you know like mm. kind of like how marvel has their end game <laughs> like, there's more marvel movies there's probably gonna be more plays um the end game for it would be to like have a space and then gather up a bunch of different writers or playwrights and uh focus on like a theme or like a spine or objective for the show uh, for the our season and just explore that theme for a little while and then just go this seems like uh i mean for only doing this for six years or so and not having you know growing up in a in a country where you didn't have that offered in high school i mean we get lots of artists that say oh yeah i was kind of inspired you know i learned to play music you know in elementary school or or whatever there was some sort of introduction to the art at an early age seems to me um you know like with maybe having an interest in journalism that your art is a way to to explore the human condition you you talk about some of these themes a lot and um maybe that's the journalism or the writer potentially within you um is that kind of what you i mean i'm just speculating but is is that sort of how this passion grew yeah you know what like that sounds like a really good idea (laughs) (laughs) i never really thought of that before (laughs) um i think what i like about art and even as like a kid you know watching movies like i I was a visual a visual artist for when i was a kid i used to paint and stuff Mm. and like 
what I really liked about like watching movies is I get to see like a part of me, you know, like I, I use per the perks of being a wallflower as like an example of something that kind of like triggered like a lot of like it, it triggered a lot of questions about mental health and you know I suffer from depression and anxiety so uh at the time I didn't know why I was feeling that way but then I saw this movie mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is like starting to like connect in a way that I never previously thought about before and so I wanted like with theater and everything it's a like film can connect people but with theater you're really just connected at that moment with other people and other strangers and you get to interact with the actors on stage in a way that uh, I don't think you can necessarily do that in film and like it's that's how theater is so special because it's live and you're seeing people on stage giving out their heart and soul and so doing Dog Sees God specifically like came from that um, like desire to help people who are kind of like me like unsure about the world and unsure about like what's going on that show is really about um self-love and self-acceptance uh it dealt with a lot of lgbt themes and stuff like that but um we had a lot of uh students who came who came to my professor and she shared anonymously like how much the plays affected them and we had actors in the show too that were like deeply impacted by the message of the show that they got to see their they, they went to go see therapists or they talked about you know, coming out to their parents or something like that. And that's, it's so, like, it's touching, you know, and in a way that I don't think I would have thought of in like seven years ago. <laughs> like, I didn't think I would have like mm -hmm. su that such of an impact, but, and, and it's kind of selfish to even say like, I did that, you know, I had an amazing crew for that show and actors who were like also enamored with the message of the show as well. And with reflection now, we have the kind of the same team that are like dedicated to like, you know, sharing this message about forgiveness. Um, that some of the crew were like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay for stuff. Like we'll, we'll bring in our own equipment. I'm like don't pay for anything. Like you're not supposed to <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but um, you, you got all these people were like working under you for free. And it's like, it's crazy. You know, I, I'm all for the arts getting paid, but like at the same time, I'm like, I'm super broke and I want to do this, you know? Uh, there's a director that I'm very inspired by named Anne Bogart and she kind of like she's the founder of the city company and she's one of the best directors in theater history in my opinion and um, this is kind of like how she started out too like she just got out of her I believe she just got out of her bachelor's degree as well and uh, really just not getting anything you know, like she didn't really want to wait for the uh, like beer companies to like take her in so she was looking for actors to put on a Macbeth play and they had like a van where they would take people all the way to like where the play was being done in like a found space and stuff like that is cool to me and the only other person I know in Spokane that does found space theater is Charlie I'm Charles Pepitone my professor he's actually uh, one of the recipients of the Spokane Arts Grant which gave him money to like do a show um, which is coming up soon in a few weeks at the Mount Spokane. I think it's the Avista. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about the details for that, but he uh, he's really well known for doing like found space theater. Uh, a while ago, he did Waiting for Godot uh, by Samuel Beckett and like outside the Cracker Factory's like uh, 
parking lot. Mm. Oh man, oh. I wish I could have seen yeah, that. Yeah, it was all clay and yeah. stuff. Like it's really it, he he's really a huge inspiration for me. Uh and he's someone that he really pushed me. And at first I was like kind of annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how it is like you don't really see the benefit of like uh what your professors or teachers are doing until you grow up and you like, you realize like wow, all your advice was right. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Yes, and Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza, featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza, beer, and wine at 1011 South Perry Street and online at southperrypizzaspokane.com. Thank you so much, uh, South Perry Pizza, for underwriting Odd Hour. We very much appreciate it. We got the blues Surely ain't got to Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, the blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. I'm living for the weekend. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Women's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. Art Hour relies on support from listeners like you. Just $3 a month keeps KYRS going strong, and you can help by texting Give KYRS two four four three two one. I want to ask you both a little bit about Spokane, and then I do want to get to talking a little bit more about we're gonna, what we're going to see in the play. And you brought a song, yeah. uh, so we want to talk about that as well. But I'm always interested, just because this is a local show, you're from Seattle, Anna, mm-hmm. right? And you're from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And did did Gonzaga bring both of you here? Is that why you're in Spokane? Uh, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just interested. Obviously, those are t- Seattle and Saudi Arabia, two very different places. Um, but what do you see from an outsider's perspective? Uh, what do you see going on in the Spokane arts community? We talked a little bit about that before the show. Uh, but what sorts of things, just insights, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, I, I, it's just interesting for me to see a, a perspective from somebody who, unlike me, hasn't lived here their whole lives. Do you want to go, Anna? Yeah. I mean, um I think that Spokane definitely there is an art scene. Um, I think it could always be improved as it can be anywhere. Um, it's something that I wish I had explored more. Um, I've spent a lot of my time here just on Gonzaga's campus. So I've seen Gonzaga's art scene more than I think I have seen um, Spokane's art scene. Um, so I don't know how much I can. And really what's your speak opinion of what's going on at Gonzaga? I mean, ha- I think Gonzaga also needs improvement. We do have a very small art department. Mm. Um, I didn't come here for the art department, obviously. I came here for computer science, um, and it was something I just happened to stumble upon. And um, there's some really talented students, and there's some really talented professors, and I think that um, it's definitely growing a lot with the building of the new Performing Arts Center. I think there's potential for a lot of um, growth and new experiences. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, To clarify a little bit, I was raised in Saudi Arabia. I'm a resident now here in Spokane. I, I have a dual citizenship, but uh, 
yeah, Spokane Arts here. It's fascinating, the theater scene uh, specifically, since I'm involved in that. Um, I wish there was a lot more opportunities specifically for artists to get paid. I uh, w w The one thing I wanted to do for this theater company that I have, or trope or whatever you want to call it, it's uh, I want to find a way to always pay my crew and actors. We have a suggested donation of $5 for this show via Venmo or cash. Um, I think it's really important to pay artists what they deserve because they're dedicating a lot of their time, like 40 hours a week to not only like put up this art, but to expose themselves and put themselves in a vulnerable position. And it's, it's a huge commitment. Like if you've ever been to a tech rehearsal or a dress rehearsal, and then you have to tell your act, like I know speaking from experience and dogs, mm. he's gotten everything, uh, the tech rehearsal for that was so long everyone was just exhausted so even at the end of the day the stage manager was like all right we have to send everybody home we're getting we're all getting really tired and it's like god you, you guys are just here for like 10 hours or whatever just waiting on tech and i'm like and you're not getting paid for this it's like and i've been in situations where like i've been bullied by like you know other like act as an actor like bullied like by other actors and stuff like that and i wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna adhere to this I'm not gonna like get bullied for a show I'm doing for free and <laughs> so I left that mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like no way and so I wish there was more opportunities here because it's and there's a lot of amazing artists and I think that they deserve to have like payment um, the other thing is more representation I think a lot of I'm the only Arab American director that act slash actor that I know here <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so and it's so hard to do that because Spokane is predominantly uh, a white, at least from my experience. So uh, what's great now is we have like uh, theater like representatives like Stack uh, Spokane Theater Arts Council. It's run by a couple of local artists, Josephine Keefe and Juan Moss. And I think David mm. Bull, uh, David, I don't know your last name. <laughs> Sorry, man. Bullis? Bullis, yes, that's okay. his last name. Um, uh, they kind of take care of that, and they're really trying to reach out to the other theaters who want to do plays that are uh, from people of color and the LGBT community. Uh, I know one specifically, he's directing references to Salvador Dali, uh, Make Me Hot, over at Stage Left, and that has a large Latino cast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's really good that we have a play like that. I saw the preview of that show. And I'm like, dang, there, there's some like Spanish, like Mexican culture in this play. And you don't get to see a lot of that in Spokane. And so that's the other thing that I want to focus on for my theater company or trope uh, is uh, focusing on people, people of color, like their work and actors and, uh, and L the LGBT community. Cause I kind of fit in both those two camps uh but yeah i think it's great i think uh we definitely need just more opportunities specifically for representation and payment yeah we had a, a guest on uh last week and she's uh uh an art uh, agent so but she's working specifically with um artists visual artists i think believe right now uh, of color specifically that to try to kind of get that uh, promoted and I, th and I think you know Spokane like you said is is a predominantly white um, but and and kind of an uh, an agrarian type of a small town that's now kind of finding its own voice 
as it's growing, uh, both uh, uh, in its art uh, art world, so to speak. Um, so I think it's just going to take a lot of heavy lifting up front, you know, with with leaders such as yourself and and others to kind of keep it going, keep the momentum going as we get more and more people moving in. I think that's what kind of uh, builds up momentum. It's kind of like if you build it, they come, and now they're going, yeah, there is a a, a, scene, a music scene here. So if you're a musician, you come in here, it's not like you're coming into a, a desert. It's getting to be a little bit more oasis-like. So I, I commend you for the work, but I, okay. I, I know what you're saying in terms of right now. Yeah, not a lot of finances. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for both of you because I'm still trying to wrap my brain around – what this is going to look like. So y you're running three shows tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, at 8 o'clock? One's at 8 o'clock, the other one's at 8.40, and then the other one's at 9.20. Okay. So, uh, so I mean, there are going to be people ordering burritos there, right? Yeah. So, and how long How long is the play? The play is uh, roughly 10 to 15 minutes long. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you using the whole bar? Or the whole needle – are you in the baby bar or needle burrito? First, we're in the baby bar itself. Okay. Yeah, the actual hole in the wall. Okay. The little red room and everything. And you're in there the whole time? Yep. Okay. Okay, so then they'll just be ordering drinks and not burritos. Yeah. Okay. Well, they can bring their burritos. It's uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, wow. um, okay. and is, but, but you're using the whole bar, like the whole bar as a set? Uh, not necessarily. Um, if you've been to the baby bar, they have the, this gigantic mirror. That's really beautiful. Um, the way, uh, so our commanding image for the show is this Chinese finger trap, like like we mentioned before. Uh, so I wanted to stage it like a finger trap, kind of on a horizontal plane. So you're gonna have the set, quote unquote, uh, on kind of a that lounge chair, the long like the couch, bench seat, the yeah. bench seat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're gonna have two actors on each corner. And then once they, because the play takes it takes place in two, two different locations. One's the therapist room, and the other is the uh, the kitchen. And so we have the two corners are supposed to represent the uh, two therapist rooms. And then once they get into the kitchen, the chairs are going to swivel. The actors are going to swivel it themselves, and they'll meet in the kitchen. So there's not a lot of like moving around in the space. So we're going to have everybody uh, in a standing room situation. Uh, there, there. Uh, the couch in there is kind of long enough where people can actually sit on the side if they, if they, they need to. Uh, but it's a short play. I, I don't think we'll have too much trouble okay. with people standing up all day. But uh, mo mostly, it's just going to be a standing room, and uh, I'm going to like divide it uh, in a certain way so people know. Okay, this is the stage. Okay, and then that was going to be my yeah, next question. Pretty okay. much. So, and Anna, with the finger trap thing, did did that inform what you were doing for the show? Yeah, yeah, for in, sure. In what way? Um, I really like the idea of, so on two ends of the finger trap are the mother and son and, you know, it's like they're kind of connected to each other, you know, um, there are some relationships in life where like you can kind of cut people off and it doesn't matter if they're not good relationships, but mother and son, like you kind of have to stick together. You have to build that relationship. So, um, another metaphor that I used when I was making the costumes was, um, you know, those wire tin cans. Oh, yeah, the old that telephone you, like, you know, co yeah. communicate yeah, through yeah. the wire. Mm -hmm. um, you, young people know all those things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> you, we all have tin cans in our pockets I'm not that now. Old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that young. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so that was a visual that I like to use is the mother and son are on two ends of the can and the therapists are the string that's kind of connecting them. But it's not, you know, the greatest form of connection. It just is a connection. Um, and so when I was planning out the costumes, um, instead of doing individual renderings for each um, character, I actually did like one big rendering of kind of the whole scene and how I wanted it to look as a whole. Um, and so what I did for that was having the therapists in like lighter colors um, and then the mother and son in darker colors and the therapists are kind of the light that's just connecting the two of them um, in one big long line. That's kind of um, how I pictured it. And did you put that in the poster that you made for the show as well or how did those themes, how did you, what went into designing that poster? Because it's a cool looking poster. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The poster... Um, you know, I kind of just started with the idea of, like, having the two people, um, that kind of idea of separation. Because what, what the poster is, is the side profile of the mother and the son looking away from each other. Um, and so I just wanted to show that kind of tension between them. Um, and, you know, just doing it artistically was, you know, another thing that just improved upon that. So, you know, yeah. Right now, have you guys rehearsed there at the the baby bar yeah uh, and um were people coming in and ordering drinks and things like that while you're doing it just to, so uh, actors could get used to that kind of environment yeah so patty has been spectacular about letting us use the space and we've actually just go in there when it's closed in the afternoon and just set up how we like and you, we can i i personally got a little snippet of like what we can expect i we were in there one rehearsal and there was a guy just screaming don't know why he just like was screaming <laughs> i was like oh okay you guys need to be a little bit louder <laughs> the actors specifically yeah, cool. and then like they have like this weird vent thing that turns on and that was a little bit loud mm. and kind of how i amended that uh is with music uh underscoring uh when they talk so uh clever space plants is the band who uh uh it started off with inspiration like i was kind of inspired by their music and the nostalgic feeling from that, um, from the way that they produce their music, and me reaching out to them. I knew Diego; uh, they were a very close friend of mine, and I told them, "Hey, uh, would you like to make some original music for this show?" And so we have a, a we have four different like songs that are going to be playing in the mm. the uh, the show. Two of them are from their album. Uh, which is called Main Menu. You can find it on Spotify. And then two other uh, original pieces for the show that are going to be played during those silent moments. And I think Eric is setting up the music right now. I think. Well, I think <laughs> I have it set up. This is community radio, and they get what they pay for. <laughs> so, uh, and this the song you sent me is which song? It's called Something About Him. It's uh, an instrumental version from their, uh, their album. Uh, originally with the vocals, it... It kind of lean on uh, sexual love a little bit, so I, I was like, "Hey, this sounds really good. I don't know if I could put the lyrics in." Here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's like that's probably a whole other topic. Yeah. Uh, do you think we could just get the instrumentals for this music, uh, the song? And the Diego, they were like, "Sure." And so this is one of the songs that we'll be playing. All right. Well, yeah, let's see cool. if this works.
So, Sid, um, uh, the music sounds very uh, contemplative. Was that on purpose uh, when you were thinking about selecting this, that melody and that kind of uh, music relative to um, maybe the dialogue or as the, the mother and the son? Are are thinking about this this how how to mend this relationship how to to cover that gap? Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head with uh, the contemplative. Um, uh, when I spoke to Diego and Jaden about what I wanted the music to kind of sound like, at least not the ones that you have, but like uh, just for the ones that they were going to compose, I really wanted something that they can. Uh, I really wanted to draw the audience into what was going on in the show, almost to be kind of contemplative about like what's going on the mother and son and with that mirror too it's going to be hard not to like see your own <laughs> reflection mm-hmm. and think about your own past relationships so <clears throat> uh the the note i always give them is like i want to always make sure that we're drawing the audience in we don't want to disassociate them we don't want to pull them back we want to pull them into like the action and well, not, well there's no action <laughs> like to pull them into the story and like the heartbreaking story of this mother and son and um it's also uh i think Clint said it's also very nostalgic too, uh, so think them thinking about the past and how that was, uh, you know, uh, the mother and talks about oh they used to play in the park, and you know uh, the mom would always say like if you fall I'd catch you, and now they're at this point where they need to like catch each other, and they're not really doing that. So it's almost like a soundtrack. Yeah, because it's going to be playing underneath in the background, mm-hmm. and hmm. yeah, I always like to think of plays and like music and i always or a score i guess yes like as if it was a score i did that with doxy's god uh alec gregerson was our uh, sound designer for doxy's god he's helping a little bit with uh the music as well um not as much as uh doxy's god or anything but i always like to think of it as a score uh when we put music into a show and how it really connects with the show and how can we like draw the audience into so with 10 minutes and then you have this you have this music and you have the the therapy kind of dialogue that they're they're going through in this this small set with 10 minutes um that you have to be really focused on that maybe the writing or the dialogue that's going what is it that you're hoping the audience will get at the end of that 10 minutes you know what what do you want them walking away with the, the biggest thing yeah, uh, it's always good if the audience can, like, uh, take what they will from the show. Uh, I don't really like talking about, you know, uh, what I hope. the I, I usually tell that to my crew, like, what I hope to do this and that. But when you guys see the show, I hope you could take something from this, whether it's thinking about the relationship that you have with your own family. I uh, In my director presentation for the show, I told the crew, like, I see this show not just from a, a mother and son perspective, but a father and son or a daughter, or even friends and lovers too, you know? It, it, the show really at its core, it's about forgiveness and how we, like forgiving each other like relieves, that, uh, relieves us from that tension. Uh, kind of like going back to the metaphor of the finger trap and everything. It's, yeah, it all comes back to, you know, c- us coming together and that's how we're going to relieve our pressure if we forgive each other and communicate. 
So a lot of artists that we'll talk about, that we'll talk to, they'll say, you know, they've got this thing going, and then they're kind of uh, leapfrogging this thing. Do you have something else in the hopper for your uh, traveling group? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> actually, just a few days ago, I was selected uh, for Terrain 12 to do a show there. Uh, it's a play that I directed and wrote. It's called, um, This is the First Place You Told Me You Loved Me. And I took that title off of some graffiti in Canada when I was, I was like, this is a really cool title. I like, as you can tell, probably I like really long titles. <laughs> so, so, I mean, does terrain usually have plays? That doesn't seem like a I, typical thing. I remember them doing some sort of performing arts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they used to do a poetry thing. I, know. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so how long is this play? It's also a 10-minute play. Oh, okay. uh, it's a play that I submitted for a ten minute, the same 10-minute festival that Art submitted his show, but it got rejected. Um, I'm looking to, for this event. It's going to be a little bit more different than just a regular show. This is more of a workshop show um, with the actors being off book and just a little bit of design elements uh, in it. But I w I'm hoping at the end of the day I can get feedback from the adjudicators that are at Terrain and feedback from the audiences and hopefully this could be something that improves over time because it's it was just sitting on my computer and uh i was like oh i want to do another play <laughs> so we'll just throw it out there and we'll see what happens anna are you going to be involved in that um possibly i know we talked a little bit about having me do costume designs although it's only a two-person play and it's mm. pretty Again, low budget, mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how much I can contribute yeah. to that. Ideally, but, um, yeah. and I s had spoken to Anna about this too, it's like I don't necessarily really think we should focus on the design elements for the show. It's really just about the text and the quality of the text, kind of like how a workshop is. Um, but we'll see. Like, And uh, will you perform it multiple times in the night? Is that, are you going to do it the same I way? I think so. It's uh, Ideally, that's what I would like, but I have no idea how terrain works. This mm -hmm. is my first time ever putting a show, oh. doing anything at Terrain. I usually just go and have fun. Now, since yeah. you're doing these um, plays in these spaces, have you ever considered kind of getting passers-by involved, kind of making the, you know, the people in the baby bar or the people at Terrain uh, somehow finding a way to integrate that into the show? Uh, what do you mean exactly? Well, I just mean, I mean, if people walk into the baby bar and order a drink, mm -hmm. so they, they're not necessarily part of the audience mm -hmm. yet. Um, but they could be become part of the play. Oh, interesting. I, I mean, yeah. I just wondered if that was even something that you oh, had considered. It's totally possible. I, I mean, like, even if people just walk up and they see, like, this performance thing, I think it's, uh, like, specifically that. It's up to the actors to really, like, drive it home. Right, like, and then hey. it's a lot more improv, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But, um, oh, like, I think Found Space Theater, it's, like, its purpose is to, like, do plays in unconventional spaces and give it more accessibility to people who yeah. normally don't go see shows because they're like $500. Do you have any other spaces in town that you have been eyeballing for yeah, this? Yeah, um, I know uh, Carly and Caleb at the Bartlett. That's one mm -hmm. uh, that I was thinking. Um, Stage Left is interesting too. I mean, like they're a theater company, so uh, we probably, uh, I'm not really sure how that works, but um, I was thinking of doing something there too. What about the STA Plaza? Oh, you know, what? <laughs> that would be, uh, we could tell a lot of stories. Oh, there, yeah. Right? Like, oh, if yeah. you go to the yeah. STA Plaza, it's a play in itself. It, it really all, is. All yeah. The There's there. some theater going on there for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, know. you could do. It's an interesting format. Um, this, these 10 minute or 15 minute plays, 
in a in a found space. Um, what what do you find is the the biggest challenge? Is it the writing that you know to condense it down to, to that amount of time? Is it the sets? Is it um, what do the actors <clears throat> tell you uh, about going through that process? Uh, what, what was great about the actors is they're like I keep asking them, like is there any questions any concerns and they're like they're all head in ready to go i think what's just challenging and we had a meeting with patty kind of talking about like what what's going to go down and we were both like yeah we're really not sure what's going to happen until we do it <laughs> which is <laughs> the, kind yeah. of the fun part right? yeah that's yeah. like the exciting and scary part of it it's like who knows what's how this oh. is going to work uh, i think that's what the challenge comes from there because uh the one thing i told the crew was kind of expect everything to kind of happen you know, you have no idea. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen. Like, let's just go with our gut and um, do what we know how to do. And then when we get to that day, that's when we're going to have to face any challenges that we have. It's helpful if you are already, like, familiar or have worked in that space before. Mm -hmm. But seeing as I've never, like, I've never directed a play in any kind of found space. So I have no idea, like, what the challenge, like, what's going to happen the night of. So that, that's probably the biggest challenge i think with writing and everything for me when i go into a space i try to make sure that this play is going to work for this space um i I w i'm not really interested in doing a show that's like oh the show takes place at a bar let's let's go do it at a bar that's not really interesting i think um uh, it it has to um it needs to be able to enhance the story uh, more so than ever kind of like going back to enhancing the story with music and stuff like that um it's not interesting like it makes the show a lot more interesting when you kind of integrated the space and the show and that's why we didn't make cuts to the play or anything like that we were really like i had to make sure 100 percent like this is going to work in this space m more so than ever and I had a question that I wanted to ask you earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I kind of said the thing that you've probably heard a million times, you know, <laughs> oh, what a weird combination, you know, costume design. And uh, but what, I mean, what's interesting is you, you just mentioned, you know, you don't want to do a play about a bar in a bar, that there's this weird interaction when you have these two things that meet that don't necessarily go together. Do you what do you find is the is the overlap between, say, com computer science, right, which is mm -hmm. and then costume design? Uh, do you are you finding the more you do that that there's some weird interaction between those two worlds? I'd say so. I think um, being in computer science actually makes me appreciate the arts a lot more. <laughs> um, just being around the community of like tech people, there's not a lot of creativity always or room for creativity. Um, or at and least that kind of creativity. That kind yeah. of creativity. Yeah. And there's not mm -hmm. always conversations about deep to topics like um, the topics that are um, talked about in reflection. So um, something that I really like about what Sid is doing is he's bringing art and provoking thoughts into everyday life, like a bar, um, which I think is something that we need more of. Um, so yeah, I think you're doing a great job of that. And um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And what's interesting just about Anna specifically, <laughs> and this is me gloating her <laughs> a little bit, but like she's, is an amazing artist and, you know, talking about wayward artists and, you know, people who don't normally, well, she, she is an artist. She draws, she's a fantastic visual artist, but, uh, theater is not her thing. And those are the people that I want to collaborate. And, you know, there are times where, you know, Anna and even myself were like doubting each other and we, we kind of help each other and bring ourselves up. And, um, Anna does such an amazing job with posters and, understanding those 
the logistics like that's where computer science comes in because i took a computer science class mm -hmm. and it's very logical yeah Ooh, yeah so um taking all of like my directing presentation and my thoughts about the show she's able to translate that in a logistical way mm -hmm. that maybe a lot of people can't really do that necessarily and so it translates very well into art and she's able to articulate exactly like what she wants to say because she's um uh because of her background in computer science and the, the being a logistics person did i say that P right plus you have yeah, lots you of uh, <laughs> yeah. you have lots of constraints when you're dealing with technology or uh, in computer science but that's where the creativity comes from is the problem solving around a fixed set of constraints so when you were talking exactly. about your poster and how you wanted to create this you were looking at the constraints well how do i do this with this and then same thing with you know this costume it's low budget so there you, you got constraints but you still want to um it causes lots of thought which again yeah. is really what creativity really is is how you work within those boundaries so exactly yeah so if you want to know more about the play coming up tomorrow at the baby bar pick up today's inlander hot off the presses interview by the inimitable nathan winebender <laughs> if you're listening which you're probably not nathan uh so pick it up it's on uh, newsstands today tomorrow at the baby bar eight o'clock mm -hmm. eight forty and 920, mm -hmm. correct? Correct. Uh, it's free, but there is a suggested donation, you said, oh, via five, Venmo? Yeah, Venmo or cash, uh, $5 uh, if you want to give more. Heck yeah, if you want to give less, okay. Yeah, okay. Totally <laughs> yeah. Fine. All right. Yeah. And then uh, terrain, there's going to be something coming up with you mm -hmm. on terrain too. Anything else in the, in the future for one or both of you as far as something we could look forward to or put on our calendars? Um. Uh, not yet. Nothing to really announce yet. I mean, terrain's kind of a big deal. So yeah, terrain, uh, terrain's going to be really <laughs> yeah. interesting. But uh, if I can leave with one last word. Um, for me, this show, uh, it's not really important if the design elements fall through or, you know, actors forget their lines or, you know, not necessarily. Even if the audience, for some reason, doesn't really enjoy what we're doing. For me, the main goal is doing this show and learning from this experience. And putting that into the next show and uh so far we've done all the cast the crew have done spectacular way beyond my expectations and the fact that we're doing it hopefully we do it tomorrow <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, if every you know if the, everything's good and all that but um the fact that we're doing it tomorrow uh that's an accomplishment for me yeah. and i'm awesome. yeah i'm happy about that well congratulations um and for doing creative and artistic work here in Spokane. It was a pleasure to meet you both. Thank you. It was yeah. very fun. And I'm always Thank inspired uh, by people like you mm -hmm. uh, who take your time out, not trying to make any money. You just feel that need to create, and instead of sitting on your couch, you do it. So mm -hmm. I really admire you for, for what you're doing. Yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you.